Hey, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Maddie. And where are we going today, Maddie? Today, we are going to Madrid, España, or Madrid, Spain. (laughs) Very cute. And why are we going to Spain? We're going to Spain because at the moment I am living and teaching in southern Spain, but I took a trip up to Madrid, and Madrid is just such an awesome city, and I knew that we had to cover it. It's uh, it's just an amazing city to go visit. It looks really pretty. It's really nice. It's just such a unique vibe like of the city. It's like 1980s grunge meets fairy tale because everywhere you walk looks like a castle. Like It's insane. Well, I'm going to sound educated, but uneducated at the same time. But there is a famous Spanish architecture architect who is who um, designed a lot of the things in Barcelona and Spain and, and Madrid. Oh. It just looks stunning. Like the really big, oh. weird, curvy buildings. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Him. I don't remember his name, so that's why I only sound half educated. <laughs> <laughs> but I know a lot of his work is quite stunning. Yes, 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 yes. Oh. Now, before we start anywhere... Um, Are you up to date on the Madeline McCann case? I am not because most of my news sources are in Spanish. So unless I know, hey, I need to specifically go look this up, I'm not going to have any idea. Okay. Well, I would highly suggest logging into our Instagram account and keeping keeping up on it a little bit because we may know where Madeline McCann went soon. (gasps) And more importantly, we may possibly know who she still is. There is a woman in Poland who claims to be Madeline McCann, which unfortunately, like, I really, really want this to happen for her parents. Like, this must be so painful. But this happens so often where it's because there's that whole case of that French man who pretended to be that American child. Uh, Um, uh, uh, Joan Bonet? No, no, no. There was um, there was a French man who was just an attention seeker. Um. And so he just went in looked up missing American kids, put on an American accent, dyed his hair blonde and called the family and was like, hey, long time no see. <gasps> awful. That's yeah, that awful. was that was a big one. Um, so like, I really hope that this is Madeline for her family's sake, but it's so hard to just kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are the chances? Although she has, see- she has, last I heard, she's asked the family for a DNA test. The family has agreed. However, her parents, who claim to be her biological parents, have not agreed. Ooh. I'm just thinking, if I ever stood up and said, Mom, Dad, I don't think you're my real parents. I need a DNA test to prove it. My mom's going to call me a moron. Mm. Um, but <laughs> if I were to go global and, like, contact CNN and tell them that I that I'm John Bonet. My parents are gonna be like, okay, sit down. Here's my blood. Yeah. Call it a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The fact that the parents, her parents, are not giving her um, a DNA test is interesting. Mm, that is interesting. But but uh, Madeline's parents have. So mm. hopefully we will find something out soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Like. Yes. Definitely fingers crossed. But. Oh. Yeah. Right. Like it's. I really I, hope so, but it's hard to... I'm holding hope, but not too much hope. Yes. You know what I mean? And I really hope that's how our parents are doing it. Because that's, I yeah. can't imagine being them right now. You don't want to get too God. excited, but you want to get too excited. Yeah, it's like, oh, 
Honestly, oh. I mean, like that's saying that any part of this case is something I would have enjoyed. There, those that poor family has been through yeah, so much, so much, so so much, and aggressive victim blaming. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have to get it; we can cover it. You know what? We'll do a Portugal case, and we can cover it one day, and maybe it'll have yes. a happy ending. But yeah. you know, watching her parents—they just left them in the room and went to dinner. That's something that at the time that wouldn't have been bizarre. Yeah, and like, especially parents used to do that. Yeah, yeah, my parents used to do that too. Like my mom would leave <laughs> when I was a baby, my mom would leave me in my crib and keep the window open so she could hear me when she was next door having like a barbecue. Totally. Yeah. And that was totally normal. And people would like come over and check on me like every like half hour or so. Yeah, I'm gonna go get go in and get some ice for my drink. I'll peek on Maddie while I'm in there. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that's completely yeah. normal. So I don't uh, I don't think it's too crazy. And I, I mean, I would never victim blame to begin with, especially in right. that situation. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was too weird. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed. So that is exciting. I, I'm, I can't believe you're not. When I first saw the first couple posts, I ignored it because I assumed it was, a, well, what we all assume it is. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to catch on and it's getting a little bigger. So hopefully Ooh. that there's some, which makes me feel like there must be some weight to it. Yeah. Yes. Like they're comparing her eyes and her smile. And of course everyone's saying, well, they look nothing alike. Madeline was what? Three, four. Yeah. She was like three years old. If you put me beside me, I wouldn't look anything like me when I was four. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but they're looking at tiny things. Like there's a little fleck in her eye and stuff like that. And that Ooh. stuff doesn't really change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So let's get into Spain right now though. Yes. Um, would you like to hear some weird facts? I am so ready. Let's go. Okay. So I'm, for most of them, I didn't put, as I normally do, I didn't put too much detail into them. I just put a statement and we can discuss and speculate. Perfect. So Madrid has the world's oldest restaurant. Yes. Yes. And I've been there. I've You've been, been there. there. Was I've it yummy or there. was the food old? It was closed when I arrived, <laughs> but yeah, I've been to the physical restaurant, and it was so awesome to see. It's like 1572, I want to say. Wild, that's wild. Yeah, it, it's in my. I took like four or five TikToks of my trip to Madrid. It's on my TikTok if you want to go see. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Send me a pic too, and it will go on Instagram. Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Madrid has the world's only monument to the devil. It depicts the moment Lucifer fell to earth. Oh. Which I was struggling with this one because I feel like there's lots of sculptures of the devil um, when you go to, like, churches and stuff. However, Mm -hmm. it's the only monument. Like, it's a statue at a park and stuff. That I can see. That That's not common. Yeah, yeah. There is a train station that is no longer in service, and it is now just a giant garden. Oh. Which looks really cool. Uh, number four, I find really interesting. So there is an ancient Egyptian temple in Madrid. And of course, I read that and I went, yeah, well, the only reason the pyramids are still in Cairo is because the Brits couldn't carry them. <laughs> However, that's actually not what happened. So in 1968, there was terrible flooding in Egypt and Spain helped them protect their temples and monuments. So in return, Egypt gave them the temple that is now in the middle of Madrid. Oh. And I just think that's crazy. I mean, it's the same thing with uh, the Statue of Liberty. How do you just give them a giant building? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And like, sure, oh. the Statue of Liberty could have been brought over in parts, but it's an ancient temple. You just like take that apart and give it to them. Oh, it's a really weird concept to me. And I'm not an architect, so I don't understand how it works. <laughs> but it's just so cool that they're like, ah, here, have a temple. Like, you yeah. could have gave them a painting or a smaller statue. Yeah, or the Eiffel Tower. Like, yeah, yeah, just have. Well, I mean, that is it in France, and I can't see Egypt giving it to them. <laughs> true, 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 true. That would be World War Three if Egypt just went in and said, hey, give it to us. We're giving it to Spain. Yeah. You've had, you've had enough time with it. Give it to me. <laughs> yes. Having to call in the UN because you're like, no, I want it now. They've had enough time with it. It's mine now. I wonder what. This is so off topic, but I wonder what you could just try to lay claim to and maybe, like, keep permanently. You know what? Stuff like that is so weird. Like, in France, I can't remember the name. And my grandfather will never forgive me if he ever hears that I can't remember it. One of the, uh, either the graveyard or the monument from the Second World War, the land belongs to Canada. Oh. Because Canada was so monumental in liberating France from Germany that they have given it to them. And it's just so weird how, like, yeah, you're on Canadian land. So I think embassies might be like that as well, but not to that extent. Mm, Like, you're protected by the embassy's country. But as we've learned in the past, if you have big enough guns, anything can be yours. True, true. It's like how uh, Gibraltar in Spain still belongs to Britain. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Or that Spain has the Canary Islands, even though it's 60 kilometers off the coast of Morocco. Uh, 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 what's the one you have? Alaska. Why is Alaska. Russia and the United States even discussing it? It should be part of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's attached to Canada. <sighs> well, I think Alaska was actually a gift from Russia. Yeah, well, or it we just... took it during World War II, one of the other. I, I think it's gone back and forth a couple times. Yes. I yes. mean, Puerto Rico is sitting there right now going, oh, what about us? Oh, true. <laughs> true but there's true. a lot of like um, American Samoa. Mm, yep. And Guam. 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 Yep. And it also kind of frustrates me, though, because it, it'd be one thing if there was benefits to these countries. But as we saw mm. when Maria demolished. Puerto Rico. Mm. There's not that much of benefit. In fact, most Americans don't realize that these countries belong to them. Yeah. yeah. I had a beautiful moment with my uncle's girlfriend when she was telling me they want to go on a cruise, but they have to leave from Puerto Rico because her son has a criminal record and won't be able to leave out of Miami. <gasps> and I should have left her. She's a miserable person. I should have left <laughs> her. But I was like, girl, he isn't going to be able to get out of Puerto Rico either. Yeah, he will. No, it belongs to... You know what? Have at it. (laughs) There is a reason the Puerto Rican flag looks exactly like the Texas flag, but in reverse. Yes, yes. But she was determined I was wrong, and I should have just left her. Book the tickets, then figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, we got to keep going. Yes. (laughs) Madrid's name means place of abundant water. Mm -hmm. You've been there. How much water did you see? So it's called Place of Abundant Water because when the city was discovered, they realized there was a bunch of underground water because Madrid is kind of on a yeah, Madrid is kind of on a plateau, like in the middle of Spain. Like there's not supposed to be kind of water there, but there's an abundance of like underwater reservoirs and like underwater water underwater water. 
Um, but <laughs> yes, we we never had a water issue while I was there. So okay, lots of water. Okay. Interesting. That's actually yeah. going to come up at point eight. But point oh. six has Madrid is home to Europe's first skyscraper. Oh. Yes. No, nothing okay. else about that. Here's another one. Just like Egypt, pieces of the Berlin Wall can be found in the park there. Oh. So, and I can't remember. I think New York yes. has New a sister city. Yes, I think so. So there's like a train station that has, and it might be, might be Paris, has a train station and the entrance matches one somewhere in Europe. Oh. And that, and I think Wuhan has a sister city too. Uh, a sister city? Yeah, a city that there's like weird connections to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, Madrid is a sister city to Berlin. Oh. And like I'd have to do my research, but I know I've heard of a couple sister cities where they have like weird connections. It's just basically an olive branch so we could be extra friends. Trains yeah, are yeah, really yeah. nice between us. <laughs> so when the Berlin Wall Gate came down, a couple pieces went to a park in Madrid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so there is a fountain in Madrid that is designed to flood if flood the gold reserves in case of an emergency, or if someone tries to break into the gold reserves, it will flood. Oh. So that could be part of that, like Ooh. you were saying, the underground one. Yes, yes, yes. So there is a Spanish equivalent of Disney World next to Madrid, known as the Warner, Warner Brothers Movie World. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm I trying to think, like... That. I think Warner Warner Brothers. When I think of Warner Brothers, I think of like old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just there's gonna be a lot of um Humphrey Bogart movies to go see. <laughs> I I think of Animaniacs and Harry okay. Potter when okay. I think Warner Brothers. It's time right. for Animaniacs and we're saying need to the max. <laughs> I actually I've never seen it, but I know uh, Wine and Cotton <gasps> Girls talk about it a lot. Different <gasps> countries, different countries, okay? Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, and the final one is Madrid is thought to be over 2,000 years old. Yes, it's very, very old. It's super old. And that, I think that's really cool. Yeah. That, like, a continuous city. Like, I know the world's old and you're going to find old stuff all over the place, but it always impresses me, like, that restaurant, that yes. it's just been a restaurant this whole time. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. buildings being old is one thing, but... The business maintained in that building is that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I am done. Would you like to tell me about your weird facts? No, the, the top ten best things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and tell ten. me where you've been. Okay, so I'm actually gonna. So number twelve on this list is the temple you were talking about, the Templo de Dibald. Yes, that looks and, really cool. It looks really yeah. pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's number 12 to visit if you want to go see that temple. And then number 11 is the Museo Archeologico Nacional or the National Arche Archeological Museum. And I have been there and it was so nice to go to and it's free entrance. So if you want something free to do in Madrid, go to the National Archaeology Museum. And it's You know, I actually left this out because a lot of I find with every city that a lot of the facts mm. are kind of um, opinion. You know, mm. uh, Manchester has the world's best football team. And it's like, well, mm. that's your own choice. Yeah. But um, they did say or Madrid is a wonderful city for museums. Yes. Yes. You're going to see a lot of museums on our top 10 list. 
And but I personally I recommend the Archaeological Museum. It also backs up to the National Library. So okay. you can get a two for one. And it shows the progression from Madrid in the Stone Age to like modern day. There was also a Greek section and because a Roman section, because you know there was Romans in Madrid at some yeah. point. So it it was just really fascinating. And again, free. So if you want something free to do, go to that one. Love me some free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now the top 10. That was 11 and 12. Top 10. Top 10. Number 10 is the Mercado San Miguel. Uh, this is a flea market or a street market. Um, and it is the main gastronomic market in Madrid. And its building is over 100 years old. And it's very industrial style and very pretty to look at and walk around and buy food and try traditional Spanish food. And I have been there and it was very nice. Nice. Yes, it's very, very nice. Number nine is the Museo Nacional Central de Art Reina Sofia, or the National Center of Art Queen Sofia. Queen Sofia National Center of Art. Yeah, you always, always, always have to switch those when you're in Spanish. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm trying my best. Although I've noticed, honestly, English might be one of the only languages that just keep them right way up. <laughs> yeah. all other languages your adjective or whatever comes after yeah well German I think English comes from German oh we don't have to get into this yes. <laughs> but I think they're connected so they don't yes. count yes 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 yeah so this museum is an art museum and it's a great synthesis between the past and the future and tendencies of architecture it's like a, this uh, really weird building between futuristic uh, design and past design. And it often has a lot of art exhibits there. Um, and I think there's always a running one dedicated to Pablo Picasso. Uh, yes. Yes. And you you said you were there? No, I did not go oh. to that one. Okay. Yeah. Psh, art grows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight is the Santiago Bernabal Stadium. Bernabal. Bernabal? Burnable Stadium. A football stadium. A football stadium, aka a soccer stadium. Yeah. <laughs> For us Americans, a soccer stadium. I'm sorry, it's just a stupid word. <laughs> I don't like it. It sounds like you're sucking on something. <laughs> I feel the same way about lollipop and sucker. It's just the word sucker. <laughs> oh, this They're stadium. my moist, okay? <laughs> This stadium is very modern. It has a museum in the bottom of it with lots of interactive screens and displays going through the history of the Real Madrid football team. Yeah. So very football fun. Stadium. Yep. I mean, I, I make that whole argument, but, but I'm not a football person. So <laughs> uh, I've been watching it since I've been in Spain, but I, I, I can't get into it right now. <laughs> Me you're good, you're good. Like, we can't get into it because it'll just go off topic again. Honestly. <laughs> Number seven is Museo Sorola. Oh, wait, that's a double L, so it's a Y sound. Yes. Hold on. Sorolla. 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 This is actually a painter's famous painter's house that has been converted into a museum and you can walk through his garden and his bedroom and everything else and see all of his life works. 
Very fun. And were you there? No. Was okay. Not there. Oh, again, art. Blah. <laughs> All right. Number six, Plaza Mayor. And I have been to this one. Okay. So this is the center of administration and commerce for the nation's capital during the golden age of the Spanish empire. Um, and it's really interesting because it's basically a square fully encased and surrounded by um, buildings that you can like walk underneath and stuff. And the there's one wall that was only dedicated to royals and it's specially painted and looks extra fancy. And the only people who can rent out there are royals who come to visit and like watch entertainment in the square. Um, and then on two other sides of the square, one side of the square was the butcher's uh, quarters. So that's where you go to get your butchery and your meat and stuff. And the other side was the bakery quarters where you go get all your bread and everything. I love that idea. Yeah, so it was very weird it would it's this interesting mix between this is meant only for our fancy people and our rich people and also this is a plaza for the common man to get his and that was probably why yeah like look we're we're with you too don't come near us we have our special space if you have yours but Mm. we're with you we totally support you we're just like you yeah sorry i don't support royal families (laughs) oh As a Canadian, you don't support royal families? Um, I'm barely Canadian. (laughs) Um, I personally think, I'm going to lay it down, I think they are the world's most expensive welfare family. (laughs) That's all they really are. I mean, at one time, they were involved in the government, but right now, and I'm not talking about any specific one, just in general, the money that is used to maintain their very lavished lifestyles could go into, you know, welfare of the country and help a lot more people. Ooh, hot take, hot take. <laughs> yeah, hot yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Number five is Gran Villa. Uh, this is just a point of interest or a landmark. Uh, it's a great showcase of 20th century architecture. And there's a lot of different patterns all around this street. Uh, and you'll mainly see a lot of different architecture patterns from the Vienna Secession. Okay. So kind of Italian in that way. Hmm. Have not been there. Uh, uh, Vienna, Austria? Ye- oh, not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everyone mixes that up with, with um, Venice. Venice, Venice, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? See, that goes back to like my royal thing. Like, you know, I'm not even talking about present day <laughs> royalty, but Vienna, the, the um, royal court in Vienna was so lavished. It was crazy. Mm, mm. And people were starving right outside their gates. Yeah. Have, oh, this is off topic, but have you seen the Netflix show, The Empress? Yes, I actually, oh. I, knew, I knew about uh, her prior, and then I walked into my mom watching, and I was like, yeah, sure, if we start it, let's see how realistic it, it is. Oh, I loved it so much. What I, I like, I, like I said, I'm not talking about just current ones, like King Louis, Louis, mm. with um, Off With Their Heads one. No, eat Marie Antoinette. One. Thank you, the cake eating, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was lavish. The rest of the country was poor. Uh, the Tsar and Tsarina of Russia, they were lavish. The rest of the country was poor. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know how such an archaic institution has survived. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. <laughs> okay, we, keep going. Keep going. Okay, number four. You said we had short cases today. 
I, I, mine's like two pages. So yeah. Excellent. Mine too. Awesome. <laughs> Number four is Muse- the Museo Nacional Tyson Bornemisna. That, yeah, that, you killed it. That is not, you sound natural. You are just, oh my God. You've been that's not Spanish, enough. though. Oh, okay. That's not Spanish or German or Chinese or English. Or English. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Czech. I don't know. Oh. So it's got weird, weird things that don't even belong. There's a Z in there. Why is there a Z? Well, I've been working on Arabic, and then I came across a three. There's a three in the word. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and this is why we cut out the drinking aspect. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this uh, museum is a little gym house that has been transformed into a museum. It's very common in Spain and has a permanent collection there. And I believe it's a specialty museum of just, but just more art. But I don't know what art it specializes in. So you didn't go? No, I did not. Art. (laughs) That really is the trend, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I I get it. When When you're only there for three days, I don't have time to be walking through an art gallery. Exactly. 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 Unless it's like he lived there and it's his house. Like in southern Spain and Malaga, we have Pablo's Picasso's house. I would go to that one. You know. But then again, you live there, so you can like you're not in a rush. Exactly. I I don't exactly. I want to appreciate the art, but I don't have the time to stop at each painting and look at it. I yep. I have a list of things I gotta get done. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number three is the Royal Palace of Madrid. And I have been here because it's kind of the only thing to do in Madrid. <laughs> you to be there for a short amount of time. Uh, but the Royal Palace is really cool. First of all, it is the biggest royal palace in all of Europe. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it on the outside because it's built on a hill. So there are four stories that you can see from the outside but actually on the inside there's eight levels it's an wow. story palace and it's like amazing and then also in the palace you can see um these like gray dots all along the outside and it's where during the revolution it got shot like the palace itself got like shot it had bullet holes in it and they just went in and like filled them in and it's like a really stark contrast between the stone well that's one of the eastern european countries i cannot remember which one but they have parts of the sidewalk that were like hit with bombs basically and rather than cover them up they painted them in so they look kind of like flowers now yeah i think that's a really interesting idea yeah there's a um a church in dresden germany Mm-hmm. where only like one archway of the church survived so they rebuilt the entire church but left that one archway so you could see like the black like old stone and then the new stone like all around it that's really cool yeah it was awesome yeah anyway not yes yeah, yeah you know go 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 yeah <laughs> number three royal palace of madrid yes Number two. Oh, and I think I think rather than saying it's the only thing to do if you're there for a couple days, how about if you only have a few days, this is definitely a highlight you should hit. Sabrina, it's the only thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't 
sure if that's what you meant or you just worded it wrong. Okay, cool. No, it's literally like the one thing and the only thing you should do if you go to Madrid. And I'm only saying this because while I was in Madrid, I booked two free walking tours. And both of them took for that. Yes. And both of them took us to the Royal Palace of Madrid. And one of them was a gastronomic tour, which did not need to take us to the Palace of Madrid, (laughs) but it did. I hate that word. (laughs) Gastronomic? It's just like a gastropub. I just imagine. I'm going to have tummy aches. (laughs) Gross word. And I think of gas and intestinal issues. Okay, number two of the only things to do in Madrid. Number two is the Prado National Museum, which is connected to the Royal Palace of Madrid. And it is an art museum that holds the royal collection of the Spanish royal family. And I did not go. Yes. <laughs> so, and then number one is Parque de Retro. Uh, it's a park, actually, but it is the park of the Spanish royal family which is also connected <laughs> to the Royal Palace of Madrid. But that's like China when you or Beijing. When you look up things to do in Beijing, you're going to get like 10 suggestions. When you look at them on a map, they're all inside the Forbidden City. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like tall, Hall of this, Hall of that, Museum of this, Museum of that. It's all within there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did go to the park because the park was very nice and very beautiful. Parks so. are nice. Yeah. And that is our top 10. Okay. That sounded good. And you went to a couple of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I think you go first, correct? Yes. Okay. All so let's right. hear your interesting story. Okay. So, oh, Sabrina, are you feeling like you want to get a little bit creeped out today? Well, I am doing the paranormal story. So, okay. Perfect. Um, so I have to give a Listener warning, this episode contains more graphic contents than normal, such as cannibalism and matricide. Listener discretion is advised. Actually, talking about matricide, Morgan is tripping balls. So if you hear weird sounds, me screaming, it's because Morgan is demolishing my house. Perfect. All right. So let's talk about an absolute horrible man from the Madrid community. Today, we're discussing the cannibal of Ventas. And also, right off the bat, I would like to say that this case is new. Like, this happened in 2019. Actually, when you say stuff like that, that you need a trigger warning for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm used to hearing, like, who was it? The uh, Vienna Strangler? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Well, anyway, all of them. Yeah, but they happened 100 years ago, so it's not a problem. And you're like, this one happened while we were heading to Beijing. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's crazy. And that's also scarier because it's like, wow, that's still happening. Yep. Those yep. creeps are still out there. Yep. So this it happened in 2019. Um, so I have some information, but not a ton. So stick with me as I piece this case together. Um, there's not even a Wikipedia article about this. So just stick with me. Alberto Gomez was like any regular guy. He lived a very normal life with a very normal childhood. He studied abroad in Greece for a semester. He had friends that he went out with a lot. Nothing was too off about Alberto's life. 
besides the fact that his father died when he was 15. Oh, and that he reported that he heard voices in his head since he was 16. That's completely normal. Right. It's it's fine. Oh, and that he had a restraining order for verbal abuse, which his mother said against him, which he violated several times. So start with that. (laughs) His mother is completely normal. His mother's got a restraining order against him. Start with that. But other than that, he seemed like a fairly normal 28-year-old. Yeah. Actually, sounds like someone I'd probably date. I mean, look in the chat at the pictures. Oh, no. Is he going to be someone I would date? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> for, for, for our listeners, there's a picture of uh, Alberto Gomez in, taking a selfie in the mirror, and his shirt is open. 16-year-old he... Sabrina would have totally passed in my number. <laughs> and he has, like... Kind of a nice body, so. Although he's pixelated, but he kind of got crazy eyes. <laughs> yes. 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 So maybe I would have looked at the crazy eyes and been like, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have, but. All right. Thanks for calling me out like that. <laughs> this case is dark. I gotta make it light somehow. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. All right. Here we go. In early 2019, Alberto and his 69-year-old mother, Maria Gomez, had a fight about how his mother, quote, made his life impossible, unquote. Their fight was at their apartment in the Las Ventas neighborhood, situated next to the bullfighting rink. Alberto self-reported that he was having psychological problems leading up to the fight. He said he had suffered psychological problems for years and that he, quote, saw hidden messages, unquote. When he watched television, it was caught in a cycle of, quote, drinking every day, smoking pot, and hearing voices, unquote. And I guess on this day, during this fight, the voices won. Oh, no. Alberto strangled his mother and dragged her body into the bedroom. He definitely violated that restraining order. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you with making it light. <laughs> From there, he used a saw and two kitchen knives to carve up his mother and cut her up into pieces to get rid of the body. For the next 15 days, Alberto ate pieces of his mother, often storing some pieces in containers in the fridge. Some sources say that he confessed to eating it raw. Some reported that it was cooked. And some reported that it was a mix of raw and cooked and that he even fed some of the pieces to his dog. Okay, leave the dog out of it. And right. I guess if you're eating your mother, you don't really care. But 15 days is too long to leave meat in the fridge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, he obviously doesn't give a shit about that. But I'm just thinking, <laughs> no, it's gone bad. It's yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, some reports say that she was cut into a thousand pieces. Who counted? Others- I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Others reported that her head, heart, and hands were left on the bed when authorities arrived. But at this point in our story, Maria hadn't been seen for a month, so the police were sent to check on her. On February 21st, 2019, police officers entered Maria's home. Here's a quote from the officer who found her body. 
We began to knock on the door. The young man opened it a crack but left the door chain on. We insisted that he open it properly. He took off the chain, opened the door, and ran to the end of the hallway. He came back and we asked him about his mother. He told us that she was inside and that she was dead. When we entered the home to see if she needed help. No, she's dead. He just said that. (laughs) In the second room, we found human remains. And in the kitchen, a pot containing others. We asked him if he had been with someone else in the apartment. And he confessed everything. He said that he attacked his mother from behind and that he dismembered her with a saw. He was very calm. I didn't see any emotion of any kind. He was very calm, very cold. Well, you know, at least they they appear to have caught him. I'm assuming he doesn't get out. If he doesn't get out or anything, he only kills one person. I guess it's good they caught him right away. Mm. Potentially. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Alberto was taken into custody on February 23rd, 2019, and he had to give his confession to the police. While he was confessing, the police officers noted that he was very spacey, like his mind was elsewhere and that he was very worried about his dog. But Alberto was also acting very casually, like talking to a friend. Of course, Alberto, with news of this horrible, horrific crime, Alberto's trial happened very quickly, happening in April of 2019. At the first day of the trial, he told the court that he heard voices trying to kill his mother. After his mother filed a restraining order against him, Alberto had been living on the streets in friends' places and squatter homes. His daily life, again, revolved around drinking every day, smoking pot, hearing the voices. And he said that this led to his psychological problems. Um, and after returning from an internship in Greece some years ago, he was even admitted to the Princessa Hospital to undergo psychiatric treatment. Well, at least he was getting treatment. I mean, yeah. obviously it wasn't going well, but he was trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So his um, psychological state was really called into question on the first day of the trial. Um, on the second day of the trial, Alberto appeared in the same clothes as the day before, um, and he left court just looking at the floor while the police officers from the arrest testified. And this is just the- a modern case to the one I covered in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the fourth day of the trial, Alberto's brother testified by video. Um, now, I couldn't find... Um, any court documents i think they're still sealed up because yeah, it's such a would new be. case that it's not released to the public yet and i imagine it'd be mostly in spanish um so unfortunately i don't know exactly what the brother said um but do we Alberto, have a gist like he was in support or what no he i i think he basically said that his brother was crazy but that what he did was awful yeah, like he was like this weird in between, and that he like warned his mother and stuff. Oh, sorry, by support I didn't mean like yeah. Good job. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. What I meant was, was yeah. like, is he one of the people who are just like, no, I don't care about his mental state. Put him in prison for the rest of his life, or yeah, take it into consideration. I I think he reported on, like basically, yeah, he's crazy, but he's getting help. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So. Alberto's defense was truly the insanity plea, 
because Alberto was insistent that he didn't remember cutting up his mother or eating the remains and that it was the voices in his head that caused him to commit the crime. Um, yep. So his defense was the insanity plea. Yeah. And of course, the prosecution was like, no, you're just an awful person who did this. Um, so happy ending. Uh, Alberto Gomez was sentenced. <laughs> Alberto Gomez was sentenced to 15 years and five months for homicide and desecrating a corpse. During his last address to the court, he insisted, "I'm very repentant. I suffer anxiety from the moment I wake up. I think of my mom, and I'm absolutely heartbroken." Oh. So, that's my case. Like that's I said, so very short. Um, and what do you think, Sabrina? Truly a case of psychological break and insanity or just trying to look for juror sympathy? What, what do you think? Um, I'm Because you, you said he had a history of trying to seek treatment. Mm -hmm. But he also had a history of issues with his mother. Yeah. So I, I do think that the two of them combined, like he obviously had issues with his mother and he had um, mental health issues and the two of them combined to... She was a target for some reason. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, and anyone can suffer a psychotic break. And honestly, like, when I was listening to his symptoms, I immediately went to, like, uh, schizophrenia yeah. a little bit. Like, auditory hallucinations. And, and it also, he said he's been hearing it since he was 16, which means after his dad died when he was 15. Yeah. So I wonder if his father leaving, like really upset uh, upset his psychological state and yeah even if it's not schizophrenia that could be something enough to upset you yeah 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 exactly so well and I imagine he was it was almost 10 years it was over 10 years he was listening to voices tell him to do terrible things yeah. at some point it would be just like having a bad friend mm. Mm. you know if you constantly you know, everyone says if you tell yourself you're stupid a lot, you're going to start thinking you're stupid. Well, if you right. keep listening to someone tell you to kill somebody. Yeah. 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 Like, I can imagine listening to that for 10 years yeah. would cause us some weird things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really torn on this one because it does truly sound like a case of mental state and the psychological state I think that's why he only got 15 years mm -hmm. because I know like in America you'd be just sitting away for life but yeah so I I think the the prosecution kind of took this into account and also that he did seem very repentant and that he did honestly confess like right when he was arrested he didn't try to cover it up or anything. Yeah. I mean, the chopping her up and eating it part is quite yeah. questionable. But that right. if you are truly going through a break or something. Yeah. And you're being told that you have to do that. Or you people do weird things in panic mode, too. Mm -hmm. Like, we mm -hmm. know this is so off topic, but on topic. How often do we watch a movie where they accidentally kill somebody and you're like, just go to the cops? Tell yeah. them they were attacking you when you pushed them and they hit their head. Like, that's called self-defense. Instead, they decide to go bury the body or something. Yeah. So you yeah, never yeah. know. He could have been thinking, like, no, I'll go to prison because I broke the restraining order. Yeah, exactly. Like, Yeah, weird things like that could be in his head. 
yeah yeah the, the, this is a very interesting case because it truly seems like a mental health kind of case has he well i'm assuming since he pleaded guilty he's not trying to redo anything like he's what, not like, trying to ap- appeal or anything no 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 he's not trying to appeal he's just he just took his sentence um, yeah and yeah. That, that that's me i feel like you know it, if it were a uh excuse to get uh sympathy with the jury he'd be trying again yeah very true very very true yeah so yeah that's my case short sweet simple comp well not simple complicated complicated gross yeah 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 really fun yeah yeah okay and my case honestly in a weird way we're probably going to relate to this case oh yeah um this case i actually really felt for this girl because you and i probably would have it could have ended up in a situation very much like her Mm. okay okay so i have the Vallecas case. It is one of the most popular supernatural cases to come out of Madrid. There is a Netflix movie called Veronica that is <gasps> very. Have you seen it? I that movie genuinely gave me so many nightmares. Oh my god! Okay, I'm ready. I I, so I was gonna it. watch it tonight. I didn't want to. I wanted to watch it before I did this case, but I figured last night at nine o'clock wasn't the time to start. Watch it with the lights on. Okay, so watch and with it. someone home. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I know exactly when I'll watch it next. I, I have only watched it with people, and I still had nightmares. It like, it's such a good movie. It's such okay. A good movie. That's good because the reviews said it was actually like, not all the reviews, but a couple of the reviews said it was not scary at all. I think a lot of people are overly critical of Netflix movies, and I'm pretty sure this is like a Netflix movie. I think. It was, I think. Yeah. So I think. Well, yeah, and are... I just said there is a Netflix movie called Veronica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think people are just overly critical of Netflix movies and horror movies in general. Well, and I think too we've gotten used to like mat- like impressive CGI and like mm-hmm. crazy jump scares. Mm-hmm. So like. Movies that don't have a, a jump scare every 10 seconds. Oh, that that wasn't that good. Mm, 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 um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So watch okay. it. Okay. So yes. it's very loosely based off of that. Yes. Okay. Um, and like, I actually say, you ruined it. I said, I will be watching it soon, and I'll let you know just how loose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So now you know where I'm going, though, with this. Yes. I, I kind yes, of feel yes. like we could have easily ended up in this in this case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the story focuses on Estefania, a teenager from the neighborhood of Vallecas, Madrid, in 1991. In her teens, much like some of us, she developed an interest into the supernatural. While I went more in, of the route of reading every single ghost book I could find, which we've talked about this, I would... Even getting ghost books, those were hard to get on the island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She went and got a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't like I couldn't get a Ouija board on the island, <laughs> and I moved to Canada. I was so excited because I'm in Canada now. It's cool, and I got a five dollar Ouija board that didn't even have a planchet. 
<laughs> and I never even got to use it. I'm still so mad about this. Oh. Um, the lady I was living with at the time, it was a gaslighting manipulation tactic. So oh. when I asked, I asked permission because I know how people feel about it. So mm-hmm. I said, hey, would you be okay with me getting it? And she did the whole, oh my gosh, that'll be so much fun. My friends and I used to do that. Like, you should have a sleepover with it. And I was like, fuck yeah. I don't have a plan shit, but we'll use a rock. Like, this will be so <laughs> yes. The next day I brought it in and she actually cried. Oh, she was having a panic attack because I'm bringing demons into her house. Mood. Yeah, Mood. It, took me, it took me a couple years to realize. Oh, yeah. She moved me into the bad guy. Got it. <laughs> yeah. That, that was cute. But yeah, so I had a, I had a Ouija board for about. I wasn't even allowed to. It sat in the snow overnight. <laughs> she wouldn't let me bring it into the house. It hung out in the snow, and you oh. know what? The snow, the snow around it did not melt. Oh, ah, oh, oh, don't tell me that. I oh. No, it didn't melt. It just sat there because it's a Hasbro's brother game. <laughs> Which that is my question. How do you feel about Ouija boards? Oh my god. I do I no, no. I have mixed no. feelings. They they are a hard no for me. Uh because my mother when she was a teenager, as kids do in the 80s and stuff, they she played with a Ouija board and she had Felt a sleepover. Like yeah, she had a sleepover and she was playing with it with her friends. And all of a sudden, um, the neighbor's dog jumped the fence and started barking at her window and like trying, like clawing at her window and like trying to get into her house. And that has terrified me to this day, uh, just that story of it. And yeah. also, I don't mess with that kind of stuff. Maybe it's because I grew up Catholic, but I just really don't mess with that kind of stuff. You no, know? no, I, I know what you mean. Like, honestly, I think the board itself, like what mm-hmm. I had, it was literally just a plot piece of ply, a thin piece of plywood. Right. Like, that itself is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um more than likely it would have ended up sliding under my bed and been forgotten about and never used. Mm. However, I do think once you start using it. Yep. Um, but I also think that to be honest, anything that creates some kind of portal, if you and I just held hands and really started talking and believing. Yeah. It's like, I it's like uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board, that kind of game. I've never heard of that. Oh, whoa. So it's like a sleepover game and your friend lies completely still and everyone puts like two fingers underneath her body, like on the floor, puts like two fingers and you start chanting light as a feather, stiff as a board and saying that she died. And then uh, you can lift her body up and then put her back. You have to say something else to put her back down. And it's like, it's like. (laughs) Growing up, like you should not be able to do that. (laughs) No, but there's so many things that, like, that's that's a topic that, like, I didn't grow up with. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Bloody Mary, we only knew about because of TV, but I think most people Mm -hmm. don't take Bloody Mary seriously. But then Mm -hmm. there was that one where the only reason we knew about them was from creepypastas, where you could cross your arms and get a really big, tight hug, and you get like high or interdimensional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's uh, uh, Lisa Lamb in. Yes, apparently she could have been playing the elevator game. Yes, yes. Although the elevator game, that I won't even touch. I think we've talked about the elevator game. I think we really have. The potential to get trapped in another universe. 
Like it's one thing that I could end end up with someone sitting beside me that I can't see, but to be trapped in another universe where I can't get out of. Yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can call a priest and he could, or I could call somebody from every religion. He could try to do something with my house, but how do you get out of that? How do you get exactly? Exactly. Yes. Stuff like that. Like, I'm so glad I never, but I'm also growing up. I was stupid. If I had access to a Ouija board, had I known about that feather game, I would have been floating. I mean, I only had one friend. It would have been difficult. <laughs> I would have acted like I would have had to like recruit my brother and the dogs. But yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm glad I didn't grow up with. But it's also crazy to think like who came up creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did have access to creepy pasta. I love creepy pasta. Oh my god, I love creepy pastas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, that was like we grew up. I think during its highlight too. Yeah. Like, like internet urban legends. Yeah. Yes. Slenderman. Slenderman and Momo and like all that stuff. Oh yes, I love that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, though. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> Estefania was no. I built that into my case. Estefania was very into Ouija boards. Um, however, she decided to use it at school, which is not somewhere I would have used it. And again, I went to, even when I didn't go to Catholic schools, I went to a very religious, I lived in a very religious country, so all our schools were basically Catholic schools. Mm. And I never would have done that at school, but whatever. Her and her friends were trying to do a little seance. Um, they were trying to contact one of the girl's boyfriends who had passed away in a motorcycle accident. However, they were caught by a teacher, possibly a nun. Um, and the teacher, and if she's a nun, I could see exactly how she did it. It was very dramatic. She broke the board in half and threw it away. Mm. However, this is the interesting part. It is unclear whether, whether this happened during the seance or when she broke the planchet. Mm-hmm. But a smoke came out of it. And Estefania inhaled it. And in some cases, actually say it went towards Estefania. Uh, after this, Estefania suffered from insomnia, hallucinations, and seizures. She said that dark, faceless figures were coming to her and trying to take her away from them, or away with them. She was also becoming very violent towards her family. Um, her sisters reported being attacked so hard that they were, like, being knocked unconscious. Um, of course, she visited different hospitals trying to find answers, and the doctors came up with nothing. Her parents also said that they saw evil shadows walking by her room at night. Now, unfortunately, on July 13th, 1991, Estefania went into a coma with no cause and died the next day. There was no reason for her death found in the autopsy, and it was called a sudden and suspicious death. Some reports said that she died in her bed at home, um, with no coma involved at all. While other, well, one other report said she died of a heart attack, which again, mm-hmm. she would have, she was in school, so she'd be under 18. Mm-hmm. But sh- there shouldn't be any reason for that. Mm. Things got so much worse for her family after this. Her mother could hear her calling for her from different rooms and an old man laughing. Glass Ooh. broke, objects moved, doors opened, all the usuals for terrible hauntings. Her mother woke up one night saying someone was touching her hands and feet while her sister woke up while being violently slammed into the wall, which for some even when Estefania was alive, this was targeting her sisters for some reason. Mm. A lot of the sounds, including Estefania's voice calling for her mother, came from the bathroom. Estefania's room was also being trashed every couple days, even though her family was trying their best to keep it the way she had left it. 
1993, two years after this happened, a photo of Estefania hanging in the living room caught fire and nothing else was, in, was damaged, including the frame. By the end of, the, of November, the family had had enough and called the police for help. Inspector Negri arrived that night. Why not during the day, but okie dokie. <laughs> and found the family outside in the rain, refusing to go back in. There is a police report from that night that has become quite popular. Not often are the police witnesses to the paranormal activity. They describe an officer almost getting hit in the face with a closet door that had been locked earlier. Loud noises coming from places with nothing to make the noise. And brown slime on the bedside table. A crucifix was ripped off, off its wooden mount. And three claw marks were on the wood as if it had been clawed off the wall. Mm. They also found that the bathroom, which is where a lot of these noises were coming from, was much colder than the rest of the house. Mm. And I have a big quote. In Inspector Negri's words, it was a small bedroom with twin beds. The father told us that sometimes when he and his little son were sitting on the bed, his son was picked up and thrown on the other bed in a flying move. I sat down in the same bedroom to see if anything would happen. We heard a terrible scream behind us, which came from a small balcony. I quickly opened the door and we ran out to see if I could find anything, but there was nothing. No fallen stones, nothing. It was 2.30 in the morning and the noise was dreadful. If I had first entered the room, oh, sorry. When I first entered the room, I noticed they had a large wooden crucifix on the wall and hanging off it was a smaller pearly crucifix like the one children um, get in their first Holy Communions. There was also a poster, a bit of a boy band. But a few moments later, the crucifix, ha crucifix had been turned upside down. The little crucifix was on the floor and the poster and the door had three or four deep scratches in them as if someone had clawed through the poster and deep into the door. So that is a police reporting on that, which... A police reporting on that. Yeah. Don't, don't man, know what to she, say. Man, she really fell out of her One Direction phase when they broke up. <laughs> Just ripping it off the door. Well, that would be me coming back one day and like, oh, God, if I had to go look at my room when I was 12, it was like wall to floor, Jesse McCartney, Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd be yep, ripping yep, that yep. thing down. Although it was in the <laughs> 90s. It was not have been One Direction. It would have been like NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet is back. All right. <laughs> Stefan. What about even been before that? <laughs> uh, like boys to men? Like what are we talking about? <laughs> well, it was Spain too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so nothing really came of this though. Um, the police left certain that that since supernatural is out of their jurisdiction, they can't really help you. Uh, of course. <laughs> Which I mean, I get it. What are they supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what do you want me to do here? Like, I can pull out my nightstick. <laughs> That'll help with the green goo. <laughs> you know Why what? always green goo? Why? Well, this always? one is brown. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say green. It was brown oh, okay. this time. I was like, that's very Amityville, and I'm like, why is everything green goo? Like, why? <laughs> See, that's where either it is true, and that's why we all have the same story, is because it is all true. Yeah. Or Hollywood. Hollywood. Because, like, green glue, goo, I think of the uh, green Slime. vomit. Oh. <laughs> what, what movie was that? The pea soup? Oh, The Exorcist? Yes. Yes. 
So I kind of yeah. wonder, you know, sometimes that's very common. Yeah. Well, yeah. unlike uh, Little Green Men, the aliens, it was originally gray. The, air, the yeah. um, newspaper mistyped that. Oh. So mm. now when you hear people talking about Little Green Men, you can be like, ah, you're lying. They're gray. <laughs> true. True. Yeah, true. you're making that up. Do your research <laughs> better next time. <laughs> yes. But anyway, the family moved shortly after and never experienced anything after that. The future residents of the apartment have also never experienced anything. So it was the family and the apartment together. Without that, there was nothing. Mm. So little has been done to successfully disprove this. However, Estefania's mother did get medical help at some point. Psychologists found signs, quote, signs of emotional instability, anxiety, and the need for attention, suggesting she may have exaggerated the events. However, this doesn't explain the police report, which Estefania's mother would not have been involved in. Mm, and even if she was like, maybe just like your case, Estefania's death triggered her mother, um, which would still yeah. suggest these experiences were still happening and her mother just added to them. Yeah. Or the energy uh, from the death. Yeah. Or like the grief caused group hysteria because it was happening to the sisters too, right? Yeah. Like so stuff like that is really weird. Like I, even if you don't, I don't believe in all of it, it had to have been mm -hmm. coming from somewhere. Yeah. Grief, like this grief was happening when, when the world was supposed to be, when everyone was fine. Um, and then Estefania died. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Grief does, does weird things to people. It's interesting. Yeah. Again, you don't know what you'll be like if, unless you're in it. But I, yeah. I think, I actually do believe that there had to have been something going on supernatural. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Even if it was made up, it was exaggerated, but it was there to begin with. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah, how yeah. does a child die with no cause? Yeah. At her age, a child, child maybe, but a 17-year-old shouldn't. True. True, true, true. And it would be, if the family were faking it, I feel like we're coming far enough along that something would be coming out by now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that is it. And I don't actually oh. know where we're going next. Oh, <laughs> I do. You do? Okay, good. Where are we going yeah. next, Maddie? All right. First of all, good case, Sabrina. Very good case. And I would say the movie's pretty accurate. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, I will make sure that I'm not alone when I watch it. Yes. Though. All right, guys. Thank you so much for flying with us today. Join us in two weeks as we prepare your flight to Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Be sure to rate. Okay. From Victorious? Chicago. Get it right, Maddie. <laughs> Chicago. Oh, you know what? I was close enough. All right. <laughs> Be sure to rate, comment, and share wherever you find your podcast. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening and stay terrified. Bye. Bye.